0: all right well welcome to the monday minute of the hunt Back Country podcast if you are new these are shorter more informal episodes where we answer your listener questions and normally they come out on a monday but it's actually a tuesday as this is being released however steve this is a monday as we're recording how are you doing uh good yeah really good we're getting all the last little
1: details going for k4 launch and I imagine when people are listening to this, we're going to be, um, yeah, kind of uh, in in it with, in the, it. with the launch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll be good drinking from a fire hose for a little while, I think. Right? Just uh, there's obviously a lot of pent up um, demand, you know, just because we've announced this so long ago and that wasn't the original plan, but due to uh, supply issues, getting zippers and stuff like that, we just had to keep kind of pushing the the launch out till here at the end of March and. But now it's here and it's it's exciting. Obviously, the four years of of buildup going to this very moment, right? So the next stage I'm excited about, I think I was just talking about this with somebody um last week was like I'm really excited, not for the Oh, I got my pack, and I hiked around the neighborhood, and it feels amazing, fantastic. I can't wait for the end of the the end of this hunting season, and mm-hmm. then talk to the guys after they've got a full season of use in it, right? And the, hear the feedback, and and hopefully it's you know all positive. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm excited to, to for guys just to get the pack and experience it throughout a hunting season, and and uh, get to see
0: pictures, and you know just the pack being put to use, kind of all that hard work coming to fruition. Yeah. It is funny as you were just thinking of timeline because I think like we obviously we've been talking about it for a while on the podcast and how much of that was um, kind of that timeline was forced on us, right? Because of we wanted to launch closer to the new year at the same time, even though we knew that that was coming later, coming now. We also were going to show season, so we couldn't keep K4 under wraps. And so we had this very interesting yeah. timeline of like, we kind of need to talk about it. We need to say it's coming. We need to um, make sure we get information out there. But at the same time, we we're trying to like necessarily drag this out for two months of talking about it on the podcast, yeah. for example. Yeah. I would have much rather, you know, like a January launch
1: would be less hectic because less people are like, oh, I need, to, I don't need to buy a pack today. It's January. I don't need it till you know, spring bear or even fall or summer for training, whatever. Uh but yeah, we're it is what it is. We did the best we could. And you know, it's from a business standpoint, it's certainly like we didn't sell a whole lot of packs in March, right? Mm Because pretty much if you were paying attention, you knew that uh K four was coming. And uh but yeah, it's it's all good. We made the right decisions. We you know the huge advantages we we're able to build up quite a bit of inventory. And so when, you know, as we're obviously launching the day this comes out, we should have good inventory. You know, that's uh, obviously don't have a crystal ball. Like I'm just basing off of get as many data points as I can, just gut feeling and the traffic to the website and just kind of general buzz out there. How many questions are coming in? Just all we're using all these different metrics to kind of gauge where sales is going to be. And we try to, do our best, you know. We're also just guessing on how many thirty six hundreds we're going to sell versus five thousands, versus seventy two hundred, and colors and things like that. And that's where you know we just try to collect as much data, and then over time we get to refine that, like we were with K three, to where you know we went better part of two and a half, three years without ever having a back order, a single pack, because we can really dial on production and and match you know what the customer is going to want.
0: Yep. So if guys are hearing this, uh, if you want to hop over and check stuff out, the website's updated. Even I say that even if you're not um, necessarily interested in purchasing today, but new vi- uh, videos and photos and features. And if you've just if you been hearing about K4Bit on the podcast and you want to see more, learn more, um, definitely the website is updated now. So there's just a lot more information to check stuff out. Um, and you can hop over and do that this morning at any time. So it is exciting to get it out there. Um, yeah, absolutely. For people who may hop on and order, Steve, uh, obviously that's a great thing. We know that there's some excitement and people wanting to place orders today. What kind of like talk through what, what now, right? Like I, somebody orders today. What does that actually mean? You just said (laughs) something about inventory and lead times and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, we don't uh the reality is you know we've got three people out in the warehouse to uh, jack and omar building and boxing and then bella does all the shipping and then when we get busy like this we you know pat and i jump out there as much as we can like it's pretty standard on black friday for the two weeks after that we're, we're out there in the warehouse helping and uh, and helping just get packs out the door so it could be you could order and be you know within 48 hours the pack ships and and a guy you know, who orders, uh, you know, <laughs> it'll just depend on what happens, but it, you know, two or three hours later, that could be, uh, the packs like that. That could mean two weeks shipping timeline. So that we can only do so many per day that, uh, cause we're building every single one from, you know, essentially scratch, right. Like grabbing the, the harness and the hip belt and the frame upper and the frame and the bag and the lid and putting the accessories. And each pack takes about 30 minutes from start to finish to build. So again, we're handicapped by that. And, uh, yeah, we'll just, uh timelines will be basically, I can promise you this is it'll be as fast as we can get them out, <laughs> but it could
0: be, it could be 48 hours or it could be four weeks.
1: I, I have no idea. It just depends on what the sales do um, tomorrow. Yeah.
0: Like we said, going back to guessing of how well, we're not sure how many packs we're going to sell right away and what that yeah. looks like. Yeah. It is interesting with the time of year, because like, as you said, some guys are maybe super anxious for spring bear other guys are thinking man i have till september like i'm gonna wait a while um Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's an interesting time of the year to do this and obviously we don't not only have we not released something this time of year we just we only have a few actual product launches um and obviously even since we launched k3 we're just a much different company now Uh, and so it just it's not something we do every day
1: Definitely. One thing learned from K3 is I, w- I will never do a July launch of a product again. I think we launched K3 <laughs> like June 28th, right? You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, no, no thanks. Cause there's, there's going to be natural, like just, you know, there's as much as we are proactive and and just being checking all the boxes, you know, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, making sure we're ready Inventory's there. Uh, there's always little hiccups that pop up, you know, it's a new product and uh, little things, you know, just this morning, we we're going through the website, making sure that was all the fitting information, you know, did, did we miss this or that? And, uh, yeah, it'll be, um, um yeah, I'm just excited. It's fun. It's a good, but it's a, ready to be onto this next stage of actually selling these and then and getting them out there for
0: guys to start beating them up and put them to use. Cool. Well, once again, guys, whether you're interested in, uh, buying or not, if you just want to learn more, there is a lot more information there. Um, If you do have any questions, as always, feel free to just reach out to us directly. Give us a call or an email as best. Uh, And obviously, if you're doing that today uh, on the release of this podcast and the release of the packs, if we don't aren't able to pick up your call, as you just said, Steve, super small, like we're all trying to answer the phones, but uh, it could definitely be a very busy day. So leave us a message. We will call you back for sure. So... Steve, all this has made me uh, incredibly excited to get outside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was it last week. You're like, we need to plan a bear hunt.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh,
1: I'm, I'm, I need to be in the mountains. I'm sick of building content for the website. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. The last couple weeks in particular has been a lot of twelve-hour days of looking at a screen for sure. And then it's like spring weather's coming a little bit, and it's just like. I'm tired of looking at photos of me using a pack or like other people using pack. I want to actually get out there and do this thing again. It's been too long. I always get that itch this time of year anyway, but uh, certainly working so many hours on a a screen has made me want it even more. I don't blame you. Let's hit some Q&As that came up related to spring. Um, Caleb sent over an email. I don't think he was necessarily asking us to tackle all of these questions, but he was planning a spring bear hunt and he had a variety of questions that hit on some good things. Um, And I think Steve, it'd be fun to do these kind of like fairly quick shotgun style, if you will. So let's start here. Layering in Idaho in the spring. Is a rain gear a must? Is a puffy a must? You think both? one or the other what are your thoughts I both yeah I don't know I
1: mean I don't, I don't treat rain gear any different than I would in the fall we okay. do get more storms in the spring but I still like there it is a funny com- complete random note but there's like it's a funny there's a, there's like mental perception on spring bear because it's like spring and the weather's getting warmer That even mm-hmm. though it's like kind of cold, like when you came out last year it was full on Like in my head, even like, you know, the days leading up to the hunt, it was like, ah, it's spring. It's going to be beautiful, sunny afternoons. And then we pulled the weather report. I don't even remember. It was like calling for 16 degrees and eight inches of snow. (laughs) It was like a late
0: October. hunt.
1: Yeah. I was like, Mark, you need to plan for a very cold, snowy hunt, you know? Um, So it's very unpredictable in the spring. I'd say even more so than, than like, you know, certainly September and October in Idaho where. It, you could be really cold and windy and snowing, and same time it could just be sixty degrees, and, and you'll probably experience both of those in the course of, you know, a three four day hunt where it's just gorgeous for a day, and then snowstorm hits, and then it snows two three inches, and then melts the next day. So you just need to be prepared for a lot. Um, again, no, no different than uh, late October November hunt.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question from Caleb the ticks so many ticks how do you uh, keep them off and i i knew that this was going to be your favorite steve yeah don't go hunting um, <laughs> i mean you said before you would flat out hunt more in the spring if it wasn't for oh, ticks
1: absolutely uh, God, i hate wear light colored clothing you don't keep them off the the permethrin i don't know if it actually works i've i think i've had better luck packing um off just mosquito spray and mm-hmm. just pat I and mean, yes you stink but you it doesn't matter with bears like they're whether you think you don't smell or not the they're gonna smell you so you might as well uh, yeah i've had better luck with off than i have like pre-treating with permethrin there was a random i went to outdoor retailer show last year and there's this company called tickless and it, it's like this um radio frequency little thing that you I got it for my dog and it's small, you know, a small sampling size, but I got it in like June and the ticks were starting to fizzle out a little bit in the, in the Boise foothills. But she's like, I know the areas where we go and she's, you know, it's just guaranteed after that we go for a hike, I'd, you know, roll over on her belly and start looking at her armpits and stuff. And there's always going to be two, three, four. Uh, i put that on. And it, it, I think it was like an 80% reduction in what I'm used to seeing on her, uh, and so they make a couple products. It's the same thing, like attached your shoelaces and stuff. I, I was super curious to give that a shot this year. And I looked it up on it. A- tickless.
0: Tickless. Uh, okay.
1: Tickless. Yeah. I looked it up on Amazon though. And it gets like one star reviews. Um, so I, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but uh, some of the re- reviews were kind of random. Like, oh, we went out and we still had a tick on us. Like, well, you know, you, you might've had 10 uh, had you not had it. I, I don't know, but mm-hmm. it did. There was it's a small sample size. It was like a three week period there where I just definitely noticed less ticks on my dog than normal. But I was yeah. going to give that a shot this year. Grab a couple of them, and you could like dangle one from your pack, and you could have it on your shoelaces, and just see. Oh, it was worth a shot. I'll do anything. I freaking hate ticks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think what you said, light colored coat. I mean, obviously people go to permethrin and all that, which is good. Um, I think it's it's worth treating your clothes with permethrin, whether or not you feel like uh it is incredibly effective or mildly effective or not effective at all to me it's like might as well do it right Mm -hmm. um there's no harm but what you said about honestly just looking um wearing light colored clothing and then somewhat paying attention like and this really stuck out to me from our 20 was 2019 death hike in the frank when was that i don't know uh
1: 2021 no 2021
0: Twenty one, yeah, yeah, because twenty was canceled because COVID. Yeah, so twenty twenty one death hike of, especially the first day we were on trail for part of the first day, and, you would you know brush up against some brush or a bush, and if you were paying attention after you did that, it's like oh I know I just had the probability of picking up a bunch of ticks because of that specific, um, brush up against, and you certainly would. So honestly, it it reinforced in my mind, I used to just be in the mindset of, oh, I'll check every couple hours or look occasionally or check at the end of the day. And now I'm just more aware of what I've just gone through um, Mm -hmm. to be more proactive about checking for instances or call it encounters, if you will, where I feel like I may have picked up ticks uh, and then just trying to get them off right away. I just never used to have that mindset.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just very very aware of it and then have gators on I got I hate wearing gators but I'll wear them uh, during during the spring bear hunt so that they're not crawling up your pant leg they're gonna have to go over the top of it tuck in your shirt same thing uh, and then just be really adamant and then I, I like to really do a good job of keeping my I like <laughs> I mean I freaking hate ticks uh, keeping like all my my sleeping stuff and like keep it I'll, I'll actually like, put it in a dry bag inside the pack Right. So I, when I know I pull that sleeping bag out and then right before crawling the sleeping bag at night, like get out all my clothes, just wear my underwear and, you know, hoop my hunting partner. Like, Hey, look at my back. Like, you know, check, make sure I don't get any ticks crawling on me. That way I can crawl in my sleeping bag and not feel like I got something crawling all over me all night long. Uh, so I do a much more, uh, a much better job during that time of year to, you know, I don't just like lay my sleeping bag out on the ground when I'm setting up to camp and whatnot, just, uh, just so I can sleep. But yeah, I, I hate those suckers.
0: Yeah, you can go, obviously, we're skipping over some of the basic, I think, more um, common or well-known tech, techniques, if you want to call it that, of like how you tuck certain things in and interfacing your pants with your clothes. And if you want to do all that, and obviously, as you said, gaiters, but then tucking in your base layer and yada, yada, yada. So. Basic precautions, uh, paying attention, I think permethrin's worth a shot. Uh, As you said, Steve, maybe just don't hunt. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, I don't know. I'll deal with some ticks if I have to. I don't like them. Yeah. All right. Uh, Another question from Caleb. This is a great one for bear hunting too. Um, Have you come across anything that can allow the wiser quick sticks and tricking poles to be used with binos? So I will say, uh, yes, Wiser makes what they call their third leg system, um, which if you have trekking poles and quick sticks, you can add the third leg and it turns it more into a tripod. And then you could run an actual um, tripod head on that, such as Wiser's Nighthawk. So it certainly is an option um, to basically take trekking poles and quick sticks and make it more into a true ultralight tripod type setup. Um, I will say that for spring bear hunting in particular, assuming if you're hunting with a rifle, um, I mean, it's relevant either way, but just with bear hunting, you're doing a lot of glassing. And so to me, it is a hunt that compared to say a rifle elk hunt where I may not always pack a tripod. I would pack a full dedicated tripod on a spring bear hunt Uh, Because I'm going to use that for binoculars, spotting scope, and potentially with my rifle. And so it is, for me, a hunt where I think an actual dedicated tripod makes a ton of sense. Because again, I'm using that in three different ways, potentially. Um, Two for optics with binos and spotting scope, and then also potentially to shoot from. So um, the, you know, the ultralight stuff or like the kind of quote-unquote putting something together and rigging it or using some improvised support for glassing with binos Um, that's all great and it's something i do on some hunts but i would just say for me because of the amount of glassing potentially because of the shot scenarios i'm packing an actual dedicated tripod on a spring bear hunt anything else for you steve on that one no I, i just echo what you said yeah that's your.
1: bear hunting is it would be very similar to like high country mule deer hunting you're not like hiking around it's not like the elk woods where i'm kind of moving slowly through the woods like you know head on a swivel it's basically find a good glassing point plop down and spend you know hours there and in that scenario i want my
0: binoculars on a really steady tripod yeah all right, Steve. So, speaking of glassing, another question from Caleb was What are recommendations for glassing pads or seats? Just the,
1: I just have the Thermarest one. Forever I made my own, I, I grabbed some foam that we use for our hip belts and then glued some Cordura to both sides of it and called that good. And then just the Thermarest one. Uh, it is, you know, that time of year, too. Like, I, I don't always pack a, a seating pad, but that time of year, you're you know likely to be like wet ground, snow, you know, mud, things like that, and the sitting pad is just nice. And again, it's a glassing intensive style of hunt, so it certainly makes sense to be able to be comfortable and remain seated for a while. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you feel you get as much from the quote unquote pad padding of a sitting pad, or is it more about protection from like wet ground, snow, et cetera? Uh. Yeah, just
1: protection from like little tiny, like the paddings. Yeah. Um, it's a good question. Yeah. It's, it's a combination of both, but I don't feel like if it was a three inch thick pad, I would be like it would be that game changing for me, right? Like that little mm-hmm. half inch
0: is, is enough and works. Yeah. I'm just thinking on some scenarios in the spring in particular for me, it's like, oh, it, a lot of times is protection from snow, wet ground, etc. And then because the ground is relatively soft and you can't mm-hmm. always make that claim, right? You could be posted up on a rock, but my head was like, hmm, I wonder if it's worth packing just like a small piece of Tyvek or a small, very light, very, you know, two foot square of something just for that protection from moisture compared to an actual singing pad. That was just me thinking out loud. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, maybe. yeah. All right. And finally, um, aside from fresh greenups, what else are you looking for when you're targeting spring bears? And again, guys, if you caught a recent Monday minute, we talked about scouting for spring bears a bit. We also linked to some great resources, full length episodes, um, that we had on spring bear hunting. So again, there's a lot more. If you just go back to the previous Monday minute and the links contained within, um, but just to recap, Steve. Aside from fresh green, like that's the thing gets talked about all the time. For you in Idaho, is there certain terrain features? Um, is it all about what you said earlier, just glassing points and vantage points, or what else would you just recommend?
1: It's just yeah. The, I I don't know any good spare spots where you're going to see uh, you know a high density of bears that's ex- easily accessible. They're all you know, it might only have to be a, a mile and a half from a road, but it's like up and over a ridge and down the other side. The you're looking for just yeah, no trails, no something. You know, spring, you get a lot of campers up in the mountains, people riding around four wheelers and motorcycles. You know, just everyone's got spring fever. Just get away from all that stuff. Just you want nothing around you, no noise, no you know, human presence at all. And then look for, I don't. I can, off the top of my head, I've got very good bear hunting spots on east, west, and south facing slopes. So Mm -hmm. I I think as long as it's got some southern exposure aspect to it, where the sun's getting in and melting it off, you know, northern stuff would be very rare. Obviously, that just, you know, that you wouldn't start seeing them until later in the year. Uh, That's pretty much it, man. Look for good slopes and just just get away from people and bears kind of at least in idaho they start showing up there, there's more out there than you realize and and again i they, it's certainly just find a glassing spot where you can see because they're they're fairly easy to pick up in the glass right they're nothing like a a mule deer or something at a mile like you're going to see so just take use that to your advantage get high see as much country as possible and then plop your butt down and don't move until you find some bear to go after
0: yeah cool Man, let's get me excited to get out there and go chase bears. I know, I know, I uh, know. All right, let me throw a curveball question at you. I noticed Steve being back in our uh, our YouTube account recently as we've been posting videos that the ten day packing for your ten day sheep hunt video you did last summer um, mm-hmm. still gets a lot of views, and it made me think of a question that had come in through Speakpipe recently, and I don't have it handy to play the question, but. This guy said that he watched that video and he wanted to know if you are still using and how you've been feeling about the performance of your, and I quote, 70s disco jam thermals. (laughs) Meaning your fishnets. But he said something in there like, looks like something you'd wear to a 70s 70s disco jam. How do they actually work? And again, he was basing that off of seeing them from your 10 day sheep hunt gear list. So... Do you still use them? How have they been working for you?
1: Absolutely. They're incredible. Uh, oh, I, I can never remember how you pronounce Brynja. So uh, B-R-Y-N-J-E, Brynja USA, Outdoor Clothing and Equipment. Uh, they actually have a, a store here in Boise. Yeah, get their their Merino Wool Super Thermo. Hold on. Google in it. Do the Google uh they have a polyester and also a so one yeah with a shoulder synthetic yarn and then there's another one that's a merino base um i've got the merino ones and yeah they're just absolutely incredible they weigh nothing they're comfortable you don't overheat in them they keep you warm you just got to be uh
0: get used to all your friends making fun of you I'm more in the making fun of camp than I have the try camp, but I think, I don't know. One I think I'd like I'll do it.
1: I know Jason's got a pair. I gave a, I got a pair for Cody. Everybody I've ever had wear them. They've, they've never looked back. All right.
0: <laughs> I'm going to send you a pair now. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll see. With the amount of the amount of times, Steve, that you and I have gone hunting together, and this sounds really funny, but the amount of times that you and I have gone hunting together and had to take our pants off, I'm afraid that someone's going to see us in the backcountry <laughs> wearing these thermals together. <laughs> just like, What in the world is going that's
1: on? <laughs> they are, uh, they, you, look, you look special on them, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Alright, well, once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We wanted to get this one pre-recorded and share it with you guys today, uh, because I'm sure that uh, as this is happening and being released, we are probably on phone calls and all kinds of other stuff with you guys, which we would be happy to do. So again, if you want to check out the K4 stuff, if you have any questions, give us a shout. But getting back to the podcast and preseason stuff, um, we'd love to dive back into hunting plans and all that. Uh, We have, I think, some hunting updates I could share from my end that hasn't been talked about. Just super excited to get into really the preseason as we get into spring and then look towards the fall. So whatever questions you have, send an email to podcast at exomountgear.com or look for the link in the show description that says leave a message And then I've mentioned this in the past as well, but I would love to do the uh, before and after the hunt series again this year. So if you have a specific hunt that you think would be good to talk about for that, again, before the hunt and after the hunt, um, maybe it's your first time doing something, you're going to a new place, maybe you draw a special tag, maybe you're taking a next level for you, next level adventure. Um, Don't hesitate to reach out. Let us know what you're up to this year. And we would love to look at scheduling some of those conversations with you guys before and after your hunting adventures. So you can do that. Just send an email to podcast.xmountaingear.com. Finally, if you haven't yet hit subscribe or follow in your podcast app, be sure that you do that so that you receive future episodes automatically. And we'll talk to you soon.